Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, I just thank you for this message that we're about to give. Lord, I, I thank you that we can call on your name. I ask you, Father God, as these men came in one way, that they'll leave change, Father God. They'll leave different. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We thank you and give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I talked about this uh, about three years ago. The Lord put it on my heart, <clears throat> this message. What, what happened was five years ago, um, I was in Pasadena at a hospital. And, uh, and my wife was there in the hospital there. And, and a friend of mine, his mom died. And so I was just grabbed the newspaper, the Chronicle at the time, and and um, and and I said, well, let me see if his mom's in this area. You know, maybe I, she had just died, and maybe I can go over there and pray for them or something. You know, do something for them. Maybe buy them lunch, whatever they might have needed. Prayer. It didn't matter. I was uh, looking in the paper, and I found a, the story. This is a man's obituary, pretty good size obituary. Most of us, as you know, it might just be three, four, five lines. And it's just going to say, Eloy died, and maybe we'll let you know where the funeral's at. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not going to be like that. You know, uh, uh, for a lot of us, it's not going to be like this. His kids and his wife wrote this. And I'm going to read a little bit of this to you. Um, because it touched me so much. And, and, and what happens, guys, is, is the title of this message is, What Legacy Are You Leaving? As a man of God, as a father, as a husband. Some of you might not have kids. Some of you are not married. I know that. But you are a man of God. Amen. You are a man of God to where you sit there and say, If I had to put a, um, how can I put it? If I had to grade myself as a father, as a husband, as a man of God, what grade would it be? If you had to grade yourself, what grade would it be? Now, even better, the grade that you give yourself as a father, as a husband, as a man of God, would they give you the same grade? Would your wife say, you are an A, you're a maybe a B minus? Would, would God look at you and say, you know what? You are a C or a D that you gave yourself. Why don't we pick that up a little bit? Most of the time, when, when our kids look at us, they look at us like, Dad, you can't do anything wrong. You do everything right, Dad. I mean, be honest. Usually that's what your kids, when they're this big, that Daddy, Daddy does everything right. Come on, now when they turn this big and this big this way, of course, you don't know anything. You know that. That's just how kids are. I mean, I was the same way with my dad. I mean, my dad's been gone over 20 years. But when, when I was a teenager, I was very similar to Michelle, where, where I used to think, man, you know, my, if my dad only did it this way, it would work better. We, who's been there? Come on. Am I the only one? Okay, there's another one. That's honest, honesty, praise God. Honesty, I love... Keep your hand down. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say, guys, is what legacy are you going to leave? When you die, what, what's your legacy going to be? What are your kids going to say about you? What is your wife going to say about you? What would God say? When you meet God, and, and of course, He's going to look at the book and say, Okay, you're in. Come on in. But really, what legacy did you leave? Were you the man of God that you really could have been or should have been? Were you the father that you could or should have been? What could, what could you look at yourself right now and say, I, I need to change this in my life? 
Before I die, I need to change this. How I talk, how I act, what, how I live. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Believe me. If you don't believe me, just ask my wife. She'll tell you. I'm not perfect. But the thing is, is when I read this story, I said, oh my goodness, I need to change some things in my life. This man, when he died, he was only 49 years old. 49. Most of us have passed that already. Twice. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, is that, that we need to look at ourselves and say, what can I do different? What can I do different? Okay? And, and usually when we think of legacy, we think of, you know, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Kim Elijah, Earl Campbell, uh, Jordan. But the thing is, is they're leaving a legacy on the courts and on the, on the field. But we're talking to you as a man of God. What would your legacy be? That's what's important. But that's the first thing. When you hear legacy, you first thing you think of is sports. My son called me the other day. Nicholas, I have four kids. Most of you know that. Nicholas, and he's married to Alexandra. And she, uh, they have a baby, Oliver. And my grandson, of course, you know how little babies can be and you're not used to it. Your first child, so it's difficult in some areas of your life. It's just an adjustment period. We've all been there. When you get the second or third kid, it's a little bit different. But anyways, that first one. And he says, Dad. He says, Dad, you know, as I see Oliver now, Dad, I look at how I was with you and how you handled me. And this is the man, it touched me so. He says, Dad. I want to be just like you, how he, how I'm raising Oliver. I never thought of it. Not one time did I think, I'm going to raise my kid this way so he can raise his kids that way. I never even thought of that. But after I read this, and then he calls me about two weeks ago and says those things to me, I was like, man, I'm glad I raised him this way. You know? Amen. And, and the thing is, is that, and I didn't do everything right. He was my firstborn, Nicholas. So I had some adjusting to do. I know that. But I raised him the best that I could at the time. And I wasn't even a Christian. I had just became a Christian when he was about three or four years old. But when he said those words to me, I was like, wow, I am leaving a legacy. Not just for my children, but for his kids and then the grandkids, his grandkids and so on. To where one day he's going to tell you, let me tell you about my grandpa or grandpa. Let me tell you about great grandpa or whatever it may be. In your life, are you leaving a mark or are you leaving a scar with your family? I'm just asking a question. Are you leaving a mark to where they say, I'm glad I had him as my dad. I'm glad that was my husband. Or are you leaving a scar where they're going to sit there and say, I'm glad he's dead. I never liked him. I hated my father. He was never there for me. I couldn't count on him. I'm glad he's gone. That, that's why I ask you, what would your obituary say? Would it say things like that? We, I mean, nowadays, some, some people are killing their parents. Flat out shooting them. Because they hate them so much. <clears throat> We have to look at ourselves and say, how can I change me now for the legacy for my children and my children's children? Yes, sir. Amen. One of the things that Alan said was about his dad, George Martin. He told you everything true. I've known uh, Mr. George probably 20 years also. And, <clears throat> and Alan didn't know I knew him that well. But the thing is, is that he, exactly what he said, beautiful man of God. He's been a Christian I don't know how many years. 
He lives in Galveston or here in the area probably, but he, he, he's a lawyer in Galveston. And I'm telling you, man, that guy always had a smile on his face. Always just beautiful. Always just beautiful. I'm like, Lord, I want to be that way. When I turn 60, 70, 80 years old, I used to say 30 and 40 and 50, but I done passed all that. <laughs> but we have to look at ourselves and say, what can I do different? I, I told you, are you leaving a mark or are you leaving a scar? Better example, I had an arthroscopic surgery because I had some, some stuff on my knee. And the thing was, is they put three little dots now, whereas they used to leave a big old scar before. The marks are almost gone, okay? But they left a mark. All it does, I can still move my knee and do everything I, I need to do. But the thing is, is that it left the mark to where it reminded me that, hey, I had surgery. But it's okay now. I'm healed. I'm okay. Everything's fine. But when we look at our scar where there's a scar this long, whether it's open heart surgery or whatever it is on your knee, it's a big reminder of the pain and the suffering that you went through to receive that scar. It's no different with you. Are you leaving a scar in your family's life where they're, again, saying, man, I get so hurt when I see my dad. I get so hurt when my husband comes home. I don't even want to be around him. It shouldn't be. And I'm telling you these stories because I was that way. I'm telling you from my own experience that I wasn't a good husband. It's obvious because I was married before. And I failed in my first marriage because of me. Because it was all about Eloy. It was all about, all about me. It wasn't about how can I please my wife, what can I do, things like that. It was how can Eloy get pleased? How can Eloy receive, receive, receive and never give? Come on. I was an okay dad. If I were to grade myself, I'd probably F, D, and I know I was an F as a man of God because I didn't know God. I didn't know you could have a relationship with God. Never knew that. All I knew about Jesus was that He was on a cross in the Catholic Church because that's where I went. That's all I knew about Him. Are you thinking about being the legacy? Uh, what you're going to leave? I'm asking you that because I know that if you were to ask my ex-wife and my kids, my kids probably, oh, Dad, you were an A, you were an A, but I didn't see myself as that. I knew what I did wrong and I knew how I needed to change it. <clears throat> but when I met the Lord, it changed everything for me. I said, Lord, I need you. I need you to change me. I got under an awesome pastor over there in Al, uh, uh, Lamarck. For 12 years, I sat under his teaching. And he taught me to be the man of God that I needed to be. But he, at the same time, when I lined up as being a man of God, guess what else lined up? Me being the father and the husband that I needed to be. Amen. But it started with me saying, Jesus, I need you. I need to change. I need to change my ways. And when I did that, the, my relationship with my wife sword. My relationship with my kids, sword. It was beautiful. But it took a while. I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't overnight. I wasn't an F overnight, so it took me a while to get back up to where I needed to be. Amen? Amen. So when, when we look at ourselves, you have to look at yourself and say, what can I change in me? You're not going to do everything right every time. I know that. Neither am I. But the thing is, is that we're going to have to look at ourselves and say, let me start out one step at a time. A little kid doesn't just start riding a bike 
He's going to learn how to walk, crawl first, then he's going to walk, then he's going to get a tricycle, then he's going to get a little bit bike with, you know, to where he doesn't fall, then he's going to start riding the bike by himself. But it takes time. You're no different. Maybe you're an F as a father. What do you need to do as a father to say, I need to change this area? Come on now. Do it with baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. And then, as of course, man of God, <laughs> it's beautiful, man, when you say, Jesus, I need you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's beautiful. I, I want to ask you this question. When you walk into your house, if everybody's laughing and joking and everything, and you walk in, does it get quiet? Oh, here's dad. You know, can't do this. Or can you just walk in and join in? If, you're, if it gets quiet, guys, you really need to look at the situation and say, I'm making it cold as ice in here. I need to change it. I need to be able to walk into my house and enjoy the, the laughter. and I need to be able to have the compassion and love and, and those types of things. I don't want them to feel like, hey, like my kids, if they were here, I can go up to them right now and give them a kiss on the forehead. They wouldn't think twice about it. My sons or my daughter. But I never wanted my kids, when I'd go up to them and I'd put my hand and, and they're ducking. I would never want that. I spanked my kids, but I never used my hand. I always used the belt. Because the same hand that I'm spanking them with, I'm going to sit there and hug them with it. That's why it's so important for you to realize it's okay to spank your kids. I'm not saying not to. Most of your kids are grown. Nothing wrong with spanking your kids, but don't beat them. Give them a couple of swats, explain to them why you've spanked them, and move on from there. Because when they get teenage years, you won't have as many issues, I promise. Especially if they're in a godly home. See, a lot of times what we think about is, well, we'll send them to church and the pastor will teach them and that teacher will teach them. But really, they learn most of it at home, watching you. Come on now. Seriously, I didn't see that until that pastor taught me. Amen. That you're more of an example living the, 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 the stories. You're living it instead of just preaching it. You can't just preach it and expect everybody to, to follow you. And I'm talking about your house. You got to live it. I went to a church one time and uh, my wife and I had moved and we, I was looking for a home church. And uh, as I walked in, I noticed a guy over there in the corner and I went up to him and I worked with him for six years at one of the plants. Guys, I'm going to tell you, I would have never known he was a Christian. I, I'm, I'm serious. Because of how he was, I sat there and I was like, and again, not that I was perfect. I was just looking for a church. And when, he, when I walked in, he says, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm looking for a home church. This is a good church, man, and so on and so forth, he tells me. And I was like, praise God. And he says, uh, I've been going here for 20 years. I'm thinking, 20 years? I, I hope in 20 years that I can show that I'm a Christian outside of church. Seriously. And that's my thinking. I would have never known that he was a Christian. And I didn't tell him any of this. I'm telling you. Because that's, we're living it. Like I mentioned, we're the example that our family's got to follow. Amen. That the, what are they going to follow when, when people walk around you? We have to live it. We have to be the example because that's all they're going to see. That's all they really know. I mean, they go to camp and <laughs> my dad says he's a Christian, but I didn't know who he was. Yes. I, I'd rather not have that. 
Not saying not to have a good time, things like that. Stuff like that's going to happen. But be the example. You're the only Jesus sometimes that they might ever see. Amen. In everything that you do. I wrote a couple of things down. When you have love in your house, when you have love, love gives to others at the expense of self. Love gives to others at the expense of self. It's not always about you. Not always about me. I promise. That's where I was at. I was failing in my first marriage. I failed my first marriage, and I was headed the same way in my second marriage. Until when I met the Lord, and I, I was a Christian, but I was a baby Christian. I didn't realize it. I sat there, and I was yelling at my wife one day, and the wife that I have now, and she looked at me, and she says, I didn't marry you to argue with you. And I looked at her, and I said, well, then why did we get married? I'm thinking, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> I'm thinking, are you serious? Did I just say that? And she looked at me, and she didn't say stupid, but I could see she, like, you still have it written on your forehead. Take it off. I was like, man, I messed up. And then I realized, she wants the best for me, just like I want the best for her. If she fails, I fail. I didn't realize that. And that got me right away, man. I, I was thinking, I need to stop. I'm hurting my family without even realizing I was hurting my family. I have to look at the whole thing and say, what can I do different? What can I say different? How can I talk different? Lust gets for self at the expense of others. It's usually what it is. Love gives. Lust, it's about you. Be careful with that. Amen? Amen. One of the ways I can tell you the best way is what the Bible says in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave. Amen. He loved and He gave. He loved and He gave. Yeah, Amen? Amen? That's the best way I can describe it. You have to realize your kids are watching you. Do, you. do you honor God in all areas of your life? Giving? Having compassion to, for others? Amen. Do you curse God? Do you curse the church? Do you curse the minister? It's not, you have to look at it. When you're starting to do those things, it's, there's really something in you that needs to change. And that's your heart. If you're cussing everybody, oh man, this pastor this and that pastor that and this minister this and that minister that, it might be you. It just might be you. Look at it. Look at the whole situation. Kids see that. They're going to follow you. I promise. If you're doing all that, they're going to say, Dad does it, why can't I? Amen? Amen? The best sermons are lived, they're not preached. The best sermons are lived, they're not preached. Are you living it? I'm just asking a question. One of the things that you have to look at also is to teach your kids. Teach them. You know, Dad is Mom. We'll pay till you get a certain age, but after that... You need to teach them it's your turn. And I'm not saying that don't bless your kids. You can bless your kids. But when they have a job, full-time job, they're out there, there's nothing wrong with saying, Dad, let me get it. Even you that have parents. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying, Dad, let me get it. Let me buy it, Dad. Yeah. Let me bless you, Dad. Yes, you blessed me for so long, Dad. And of course, if he says, no, no, I got it, let him have it. Say, let me at least pay the tip. The other night we went out to eat. Took the boys out, Joshua and Matthew and Josh's girlfriend. And uh, we blessed them. And we had already had a talk years ago with our kids. But they said, Dad, let us at least pay the tip. I said, that's fine. 
It's up to y'all. Yes. You know, you don't have to, but I got it. He said, no, Dad, let us pay the tip. I said, okay. See, it makes them feel that they're worth something when they do that. Yes, sir. It makes them feel like, you know what, I can bless my dad and my mom. Yes. And that, that's what we have to look at. Teach them at a young age. Nothing wrong, but when they get a job, you know, let them bless you. You deserve it. You raised them. Amen. It took you so many years, and now it's time for them to be on their own. That's why it's so important that you teach them about finances and marriage and things like that. Because one day, you're not going to be here. And you don't want them to fall and fail. You're going to die and go on to heaven. But you left them how to handle money, how to treat each other. Come on. And then that way, when it's all said and done, they can live their own life. If you're going to pay for everything that they have, then how are they going to learn responsibilities? Amen. It's important that you say, hey, and this is what we did with our kids. Our kids wanted uh, the best tennis shoes. Every kid does. Every teenager does. But my wife and I, we only had so much money set aside for four kids. It's expensive. Y'all know that. Yes, sir. So we used to tell the kids, each one of you gets $50 pair of tennis shoes. Up to $50. Well, Dad, I want these $85 ones. Then you pay the difference. This is all we can afford. And I told them the truth. I, I didn't lie to them. That's all we could afford. We only have so much money. You want anything over that? You're going to have to use your birthday money or whatever money you have. Well, I don't really need them then. You know? But it teaches them responsibility. And most of the time, tennis shoes at that time for us were 45 to $50. Well, you know, it's a nice pair of tennis shoes. They go through them so fast anyways. But what I'm trying to say is teach them. Teach them. When they got a cell phone, we, we told them, you're getting the basic on the cell phone. Now it's ridiculous. Phone's $1,000. They pay for it themselves, thank God. But what we taught them was mom and dad are only going to pay so many minutes. If you go over that, you're paying for it. They did it once or twice. They stopped. They stopped doing that. This is when the, the, the bills were to where you weren't just on everyday plan, everybody's plan. It's different now than it was when it first started. Y'all know that. Yes, sir. But it's important, guys, that you raise up your children in the way they should go. If they don't follow it, that's on them. You've raised them in the way they should go. Amen? I promise in later years, they're going to come back and say... Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mom, Amen. for teaching me how to live my life. My son, I've talked to him about him before, Matthew. Uh, I just love how he handles his money. He does a great job. Uh, he's 23 years old. He's already bought a house. I didn't have a house till I was in my 30s. But because we taught him how to save his money, what to do, how to do it, he went and bought a house. Amen? I mean, I wish I would have done it. He's already paid cars off. Cash. We went to Ron Carter, and, uh, and he, he wanted a car. I said, okay, baby. I said, uh, he goes, Dad, will you just go with me just to make sure I don't get messed around? I said, sure. So we went in there, and, and uh, he had a budget. He stayed within his budget. Amen. Amen. That's the best part. He stayed within his budget, and he sits there, and he says, uh, uh, Dad, that's the car I want right there. It was in his budget, and everything was fine. And uh, he says, okay, when we went to the back, the man says, how are you going to finance this? He goes, I'm not. I'm going to write a check. $12,000. I'm thinking, goodness gracious, boy, where you get all that money from? Who'd you rob? No, I didn't think that. <laughs> so you get it from your mother's side of the family. <laughs> but I'm thinking, $12,000, doggone it, you know? 
And with his trade in and he had $12,000, I'm thinking, okay. He writes him out a check. I said, sir, because I was in shock, to be honest with you. I didn't know he was going to write a check. He says, uh, I said, sir, how many kids this age? And I think he was like 19 at the time. Wow. And uh, I said, how many kids his age have cash to be able to buy a car like this? He goes, I've only seen it one other time. He says, usually mom and dad are writing the check. I was like, well, praise God I ain't writing that check, you know. <laughs> but I want to read a little bit to you about this guy. And because it, it touched my life so much, this man, when he died. His name was Stacy Taylor. He was 49. I mentioned that. He said, Our beloved Stacy Taylor left a legacy and blazed a trail of faith, hope, and love to all who encountered him. Is that what you're doing in your life? Are you leaving a, a trail where people say, Man, I'm glad I'm around here. There's nothing but faith, hope, and love when, I, when I'm around that guy. He makes me laugh. I have a good time when he's around. To know him was to love him because he left everyone in the wake of his abounding joy, strength, and gladness that float, flowed so freely from his life. Stacy was married to his wife for 28 years. The way he loved her and honor and the honor they possessed for each other rang out like church bells. Is that how yours is? Or is it like clanging cymbals, your marriage? Be honest. Think about it. What is it in your life that you need to change to where your marriage is like wedding bells, like church bells? I want that in my marriage. I want to have uh, 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 where my wife and I can get along. And uh, that's what I would desire. But it took me to change about me. It wasn't about Eloy anymore. Amen. He was her rock, her best friend, and the father of their children. Are you the rock in your marriage? Are you the rock? Are you all one? Or are you on sinking sand? You know? I'm not saying every marriage is going to be perfect all forever. But when she's hurting, are you there with a shoulder? Baby, just let's talk. As a loving and gentle father, Stacy left behind his beloved children. His children were the apple of his eye. Is that how you see your kids? The apple of your eye? Are you like, man, God, why'd you give me these two? I wanted those two. I didn't want these two. I wish I had some different kids, Lord. Uh-uh, -uh, apple of your eye. That's how God sees you. When you say Jesus, He says, yes, apple of my eye. What is it that you need? What can I do for you? What is your need? That's how God sees you. He fathered intentionally, and His happiest times were when they were all together. Like the good shepherd, He held each one close to His heart, leading them well in how to walk with God. That's what's so important. You teach them on the way they should go. If they don't follow it, that's up to them. You've taught them where to go. If my kids don't follow and do everything how I expect, they're grown. They have a decision to make. But when, it, uh, when the rubber hits the road, they're going to be able to turn to God and say, God, I know that you're there. My parents taught me. I know I've failed and I've done wrong and this and that. Always being ready to be a blessing. I've heard it said to encourage us to breathe courage into another. And Stacy did that so well with his children. Breathing courage into the cell of each one. Never ceasing to bestow his time upon them. To continually affirm their God-given gifts and talents. It's so important that you bless your children with the words that you're speaking into their lives. Yes. It's so important to, to where you sit there and you tell them, you're such a blessing. God has blessed you so much. Instead of sitting there saying, you know what? You're never going to amount to anything. Are you kidding me? 
How, you really think you can outdo dad? I want my kids to outdo me. Amen. I want them to outdo me so where they don't hurt like I hurt. Yes. All the things that I did wrong, I don't want them to do wrong. Yes, sir. I want them to be way above me. That should be the legacy. I left my children to where they knew how to raise their family. That's what I want. That's what would be more important to me than dad. I want to be like you. I, I don't want you to be. I want you to be better than me. Amen. I want you to be better than me. I used to mess with my kids and I used to play basketball with them and I dog them and you're never going to be like dad. I'm telling you the truth here. You're never going to be like dad. And, and I'd play basketball and I'm dribbling or they're dribbling and, and I'd slap that ball. Get that away from me, boy. You ain't going to be like this. And I'd do all kinds of stuff like that. Then they grew up. Seriously, they grew up. And then, then at the same time, I grew up as a man of God and saying, so what if they win? What's it going to hurt? What's it going to hurt if they score two points on me? Dad, I got you, Dad. Yeah, you did. You know, it's okay Amen. to let them feel that, you know what, you can score. Amen. You can do it in every area of your life. You can come up another level. It's so important that we do that instead of just dog them all the time. Son, I, you really you think you're going you to have arms like Dad? You're never going to have arms like this. I used to do that. I was like, i got to change, man. He was the kindest, most thoughtful father. Would your obituary say that from your kids? A friend once said to me, hospitality is healing. Stacy and his wife, along with their precious children, embodied the essence of such words. They always had a heart for people to come into their house, always felt uh, led to bless people. This man was a bazillionaire, man. He had cash. And he blessed others. He didn't have a problem blessing people. He had businesses on top of businesses, man. He, they'd have a house and, and he, there was a window. And it was dad's chair looking out the window. But when people came over, if you would have went to his house, he said, you sit in my chair. And the kids asked him one time, dad, why do you always let people sit in your chair? He says, I want them to see the best view. It doesn't matter that I can't see out the window. He always sat with his back towards the window. He says, I want them to enjoy the view. How many of us, hey, you're in dad's chair. You better get out. Dad's going to be mad. Come on. I mean, some of them, that's my chair. What are you doing? It's okay. Bless them. Bless somebody. Let them stay, sit in your chair. It's not going to hurt everything, anything. He had a rare ability to dream without limits. A man of great wisdom and virtue. He loved God above all else. Trust in the Lord as he walked boldly yet humbly without fear or worry. His integrity as a man of God was well known by all as he sought the Lord daily, never compromising, even in the hardest of times. He loved Jesus and sought God like a father. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. He sought God. And loved, man, he, it's just, it was all about Jesus and God to him in every area. Desiring that his reputation always be in honor of the Lord. He never failed to give God glory for his success in the marketplace, knowing his help came from the Lord. He had uncompromising zeal to call men higher, to speak truth into their lives, because his life was an offering. And it talks about he had numerous businesses, he was a leader, and things like that. It was so important for me to read some of that to you, because 
we're going to die one day. He mentioned it earlier. Somebody's going to write an obituary about us. What would it say? What would the words be written about you or me? My daughter, um, her husband, uh, James, was going to go to a funeral. And uh, my daughter says, Dad, we're going to be going to Tennessee and all this and going to, to his grandpa's funeral because he helped raise him. See, that grandpa left a legacy for my, my son-in-law that he wanted to go all the way to Tennessee and be over there. And I said, uh, y'all go, baby, have a good time and, you know, and, and be with the family, pray for him, and, you know, because she'd never been over there. And, and so anyways, I, I said, well, think about it. I said, if I were to die, would y'all show up? I said, I don't want y'all just to show up and say, all right, what time's lunch? I mean, this has got to be over by now. I said, I want y'all climbing chairs. Dad, come back. Dad, come back. Don't leave me, Dad. I said, I don't want you to say, okay, it's over. Think about it. That's how some people are. They go to a funeral and say, y'all ready to go eat? Well, we just started. Funeral just started. Let it go on for a while. Let, let them enjoy you. Let them enjoy you so much to where they want to be with you. It's so important. One of the things that I used to have anger issues, and I say used to because I'm not that way anymore. I'm not that way anymore. I'm not going to be getting angry at every situation. I'm not saying that people are going to run over me, but you still have to stand your ground. But there's uh, uh, some things that you got to do the right way. Amen? you got to have integrity in when, you, when you do something. And what I used to do, and when I'd, I'd drive home, and it'd be a 30-minute drive, and you have rough time at work. We all do. But on the way home, I'd pray and I'd say, Lord, help me forget all this and to where I, when I get home, Lord, it's about the family. It's about my children. We all go through stuff. We all do. And so I'd get to the mailbox and it was like a block away. And I'd say, done. It's over. Whew. Every once in a while, I took it in the house. But very rarely did I take it home with me. And my wife knew when I took it home. She said, hey, why don't you go outside for a little while? You know, because she knew that I was going to overreact. One time, my son Joshua, uh, he had done something and it was good. It wasn't bad. It was good. Took off the belt. Said, yep, that's exactly what happened. I took off my belt. What, where's he at? She said, wait, wait, wait. I said, no, wait a minute. She says, wait a minute. He did fine. He, I want to tell you what he did good. See, I was already so mad that I brought it home with me that I was going to take it on my son and it would have really been bad. It's so important that you walk right, you talk right. You're the example in this, in this family. Dads, they're looking up to you. I promise. Yes, sir. They're looking up to you and saying, how is dad reacting? Is he always yelling, cussing, screaming at everybody and everything? Or is he walking in with peace and love and joy in the Holy Ghost? That's why it's so important to, to have the Holy Ghost in you and just praying, speaking in tongues. and It's important for that because that comforts you. He's the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. Amen to that. So I want you all to know that you guys are special in your family's lives. I promise. Don't think you're not. You're a blessing. But it's up to you to show it that you're a blessing. I can pray for you till I'm blue in the face, but... It's up to you to say, I'm ready for a change. I had to. I had to get rid of all the, the things that didn't matter. The video games, the football games, the basketball games, the Astros. I was like, that doesn't matter. What matters more to me is watching my kids grow up. 
I used to, to play football in my yard with my kids and the grass would be dead. Guess what? The grass will grow back. It's, a, it's okay. But if for a while there, I was don't get on the grass, don't get on the grass. I'm like, you know what? That's so dumb. The grass will grow back. It'll be fine. They're going to be grown and gone. And not once did, did dad play catch with them or whatever because he didn't want the grass to die. It's important, guys. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to talk to you a second here and then I'll pray for you if you need prayer. I hope this message changed you to where you're looking at yourself and saying, that is me that you were talking about. That is me that needs to change. That is me that, that you're, you're, you're saying my heart's not right. And, and I, I know that already. But if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's time to do it now. If you were to die right now and you meet your maker, what would he say? What would that legacy be for your children? But more than anything, you have to get right with God. If I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I want you to raise your hand. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life or you want to rededicate your life to Christ. Because you've failed. You've done things wrong. One. Yeah, man, but all these guys are looking. There's no one looking. It's you. It's between you and God right here, right now. I want to make sure you know who He is and, and who you are in Christ. And that you are a mighty man of God. I want to make sure that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. To where when you do die, God says, come on in. Jesus will look at you and say, I, I know you. You're written right here. Your name is written right here. Two, are you ready to walk the streets of gold or for eternity or spend life in hell for eternity? It's up to you. Are you ready? When I say three, raise your hand. Three. Praise God. I see your hand. Praise God. Anybody else? I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise. That's not what I do. And again, those of you who might want to rededicate your life. Say, you know what? I need to change starting today. This is it. Anybody else? I want everybody to say this after me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life. Write my name in the book of life. Be my Lord. I want to serve you all the days of my life. I believe you died and rose again after the third day. I need you, Jesus. Change me, Lord. Help me grow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer and you meant it in your heart, you're a Christian. You're saved. Right now, if you were to die today on the way home right now, Jesus would say, I got you. You, you said yes in front of all these men. You said yes. I, I need this Jesus. But guys, as well as I mentioned to you, it's not easy. It's not easy being a dad or, or a husband or, or a man of God all the time. It's not. But you have to follow the Lord. Amen. And, and it, when you line up with God, you and God, the Word of God, when you line up, the rest will follow. I promise. Amen. But it's up to you to say, I'm done with all that other stuff. Yes, sir. I'm done with all that. It's time for me to grow as a man of God and come up another level. Yeah. If not now, when? Who's going to raise up your children? You should be doing it. If you're not, who will? You're going to find somebody in a gang or whatever. That's, you're going to wish, man, I wish I would have been there for my kids. Yep. I love my dad. I mentioned that. I, I loved him. Awesome, awesome man. He didn't know the Lord. 
but he was always busy at work. Awesome guy. He did everything he could. We were poor growing up to where I never had a chance to play catch with him. Not one time. That I remember my dad throwing a ball with me. Not one time. I don't hate him or anything, but it, it to me, when my kids were growing up, I said, I'm going to play catch with my kids. That Take away what you did with your dad or didn't do with your dad and put it into your life now with your children. It's so important. I didn't have a dad this, I didn't have a dad that. Well, then you be the dad that you never had. It's so important. I asked a man one time, I said, your kids, you're always yelling at them. I said, did your dad do that to you? He says, yeah, he always beat me, he always yelled at me. I said, then why don't you change that? I said, why don't you want to change that? Why, why not? He says, it's too late. It's never too late. Never. never too late to sit there and say, son, daughter, I'm sorry. I love you. I didn't get treated right as a child. I want to make sure I treat you right. Amen. Amen. I want to make sure I'm the dad that you never thought you'd ever have. I want to make sure you, I'm there for you. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Guys, I want you to leave different. I mentioned that from the beginning. I want you to leave different than what you came in. It's so important that you change in those areas that you know you need change. Maybe you're a great man of God, and that's great. Maybe you're not having issues in your family. That's awesome. But still, if you are, change in those areas that you need to change. Only you know. It's between you and God. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for this time that we can spend with you, Lord. I just thank you that these are awesome men of God that are here, and we give you the glory. I thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for this meeting that you always have a place for us, that you always line things up. We love you and honor you and bless you, Lord. But Lord, I, I just ask you to bless every one of these men, that you change their hearts where they need to change, that they come up another level, Father God, that you show them that they, they can be uh, an awesome man of God. Yes, sir. We love you and honor you and praise your holy name, Jesus. Yes. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.